And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. On today's episode of The Glue Guys, Brian and I have given the Ben Simmons-James Harden trade even more thought and dove into the things we like and the things that we're really thinking about as we've had many, many more days to think about a post-the-trade deadline. Uh, The return of Glue Guys Theater is back. Uh, You will hear us reference an interview coming up with Rich Hoffman, who is the Sixers reporter for The Athletic. Brian and I went so long, and Rich and I went so long, that I'm going to break it up into two episodes. So today, you're going to get Brian and I, and then Wednesday morning, you're going to get Rich Hoffman and myself talking about Ben Simmons, who he is as a basketball player, both in the locker room and on the court, as well as Seth Curry and Andre Drummond, what they could bring the Nets. A lot of Nets content coming your way this week. This podcast is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together with the best of live and on demand. Learn more at directtv.com. Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike Airsail O'Brien. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuys, NetsDaily.com, The Athletic. Get yourself behind the paywall at TheAthletic.com slash GlueGuys. Ob subsidiary of the New York Times, Brian. Michael. The Nets are back. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, all right. Kind of. Nick Clax. So we're recording this on Monday. This is ahead of the Kings game. It looks like Seth Curry and Andre Drummond will make their debuts. For the Brooklyn Nets, we are not talking about that on this show, though we will have a pod soon after in the following days to talk about that. Nick Claxton may be returning. LaMarcus Aldridge may be returning. Brian, I think that is an official. The Nets are back. Oh, wow. Well, we have it queued up. You got to do it. You got to do it. Whenever KD, Ben Simmons, and Joe Harris all play, it's going to be the loudest Nets are back. In the history of the world. I'm uh, ready for it. I'm ready for that on so many levels, Mike. How are you? How's everything? You had the weekend to think about it. You ruminated. Been great. <laughs> you've been pondering deep thoughts, I can tell. Um, I don't know if anyone has had this experience. So trade deadline's one of the great times on the sports calendar. Obviously, now it it comes right up to the Super Bowl. It comes at a perfect time because the Super Bowl layoff, it's the two weeks. There's only so much you can talk about Joe Burrow and Aaron Donald and people like that. Leading up to the game. What, when and people talk about Jer- Joe Burrow, what kind of things do they say, just out of curiosity? Just like how cool he is. Just like a cool you guy. You know what's insane, Mike? I don't – I like literally like met Joe Burrow for the first time yesterday. I just don't watch football. I just don't – I've comp- – I, <laughs> When I, you say you met, like you saw him I on saw the TV it, screen. I learned his name and saw his face for the first <laughs> time. <laughs> that's that's yeah. where I am. That, that's, uh, you're, you're one of those people who tune into the Super Bowl for the culture of it all. I, I like 50 to, cent of it all. to stay abreast of the culture. Yeah, of course. Um, so the trade deadline's a perfect time. 
And I just consume as many podcasts as I can post-trade deadline. I want to mm. hear what everyone has to say. Mo DeKeel, friend of the show, has been on about 10 podcasts since he's been on the Athletic NBA Show's live show, and there's a bunch of other places. Mo absolutely loves this trade for the Nets from a basketball fit. Yeah. And he's a microcosm of, I think, the general sentiment now, which is like, I can't believe that the Nets um, pulled off a Harden trade where they lose James Harden, but yet the consensus is that the Nets like won the trade, if we yeah. can say that they won the trade right now. Well, do you do you follow that consensus, Brian? It's interesting. It's really hard because like it requires a whole lot of buy-in to this most recent iteration of James Harden being the future iteration of James Harden. Um, or at least this is the beginning of let's just call it what like what it's being sold as is the beginning of the end of the James Harden MVP caliber primacy. You know, he's he's great. Sure. He is a he was, he's not like uh, – who's it? Was it Seth Partner who does the, like, ranking of all the best players in the NBA? They had he tiers him. them. They're not a ranking, Brian. Right, They're right, right. a tier. A tier. And it's a very good tier system, and I and it's I respect his work good. enormously. And I think he had Harden as 1B this year uh, going into the season. And I think it's hard to make that argument going into next season. I think that's going to be a tough – I think he's falling – I'm going to pull it up as we, Seth Partner. Yeah, I, I want to get that right because I also – there's a – I'm pretty sure he had Kevin Durant as 1A alone with uh, – or not alone, with one other guy, Giannis. Um, this is August 13th. Looks like the most updated version. Here's who's t- – so he has tier 1A and then 1B. Mm-hmm. Uh, Giannis, Durant, LeBron, 1A. Okay. 1B, Harden, Kawhi, obvious caveat there, Jokic, and Curry. Yeah. And actually, I don't know if Curry's technically 1B this season either. Like he hasn't – I mean, the Warriors have been great, but he hasn't himself been all that fantastic. Yeah. Um, and just to give you an example of who is the two tier, uh, as I like furiously scroll down because it's one of the longest articles yeah, The Athletic really publishes, um, Anthony Davis 2A, Embiid 2A, Jokic or Doncic 2A. So that's the 2A. And then Lillard Butler, Paul George, and Rudy Gobert 2B. So like, frankly, yeah. James Harden may not even be 2A. Right, he may, he's a two B, two C. God forbid, three A, because three A is Devin Booker, Drew Holiday, Trey Young, yeah. Zion. Which, anyway, sorry. So, yes. anyways, great gets, story. Anyone, everyone should read it. It's yes. a big, it's a big recommend every year. Um, get behind that paywall while while you're at it. Um, but so, anyways, like <clears throat> there's t- just to try to answer your question from from yes. earlier. Uh, I am still, I'm a fence sitter. I am, I'm annoying in that way. You know, I always try to stay very neutral. Like, um, like Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln was known for, <laughs> for delaying decisions for a long time until for, for, uh, you know, political purposes. And this is, this is where I am with it. It must happen now. Yeah. Until now it must happen. <laughs> Sorry. That's all I remember from the you movie. Tammany Hall Hucksters. Um, <laughs> so I remember I'm- a story. <laughs> There once was a shoe shine. Huh? <laughs> These are great. Isn't that's it? A, that's on, that's on like Lane Price from uh, Mad Men. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Uh, what I'm saying is like I don't I don't know how to fall strongly on either side of this yet because like what we ha- saw this season was not good and if we are getting this version of James Harden in per- in perpetuity that's we then we maybe got pretty clearly the better half of the deal but like just the better half of that we got the the better player potentially out of the whole yeah. deal. Um, if he was holding out on us, which is super possible, um, and he just comes on and he's back to dropping, you know, 40, 15, and 10 on a nightly basis, then that's not true. So 
I I get a I don't know. I got to see what he, what kind of recharge he gets from being on the Sixers. But as of right now, I'm you know I you know what I maintain the right to sit on the fence. You know people people talk a lot of s about fence sitting, but you know I'm going to post up on this <laughs> on, right in the middle of this. I'm going to straddle this fence as hard as I possibly can until it's time. So as we're recording this, it's two thirteen p.m. There's a good chance that Steve Nash's pregame availability will happen while we're recording or will happen just after we record. And we're waiting on news from Ben Simmons. Alex Sturm, massive friend of the show, uh, tweeted out that Ben Simmons is listed on Brooklyn's most recent injury report as, quote, return to competition reconditioning. And he hmm. used to be called not with team. So he is he is with team. Uh, if, you, if you follow social media, his fiance, I think Ben Simmons' fiance, has received a care package of Nets gear. Okay. So they are they're geared up. Return to exciting. competition is an interesting turn of phrase there for that. Re, a, return to competition, he's, he's, reconditioning. They're going to clock into the reconditioning. Ass. Yeah. 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 Um, just as a quick tiering thing to go back to the Seth part now tiers. Okay. So d- the James Harden's with one B just for, re- for frame of reference. Ben Simmons is a three C yeah. in this tier. Here's who's in that tier. Just for like, if we're trying to do an episode of where we remember who Ben Simmons is, mm-hmm. Draymond is three C Jalen Brown, Pascal Siakam, Russell Westbrook, and Zach Levine. That is a wide, obviously, there's yeah, a wide a variance between all of those. A lot of different, lot of different those. players there. Interesting. But this is why this this came out, you know, a month before the season even began. So there's, there's yeah. I mean, if Seth did it now, I, I actually, I could, I'll text Seth, name drop, not a big deal, and I'll ask him where he would put Ben Simmons and James Harden, just roughly. He think, puts mm, a lot of thought should, into this, Let's, let's get him. that in there. Yeah. Um, but I, I agree with you that, like, it's fair to fence it. Right, it's hard to post deadline. To you have to have an opinion, you have to have a take. Also, this is something that's been rumored for at least a month, if not longer. Ben Simmons to the Nets has been rumored since Kyrie Irving didn't get the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Right, like there was rumors of oh, is Kyrie going to be traded to Philly? Ben right. Simmons, blah blah blah. One problem for another. Uh, now it's James Harden's problem for Ben Simmons. I don't know. The more you just let it soak over you. Ben Simmons from reporting, I think Ramona Shelburne is one who has the definitive story right now on the behind the scenes of the Simmons Harden trade, which we will get to in Glue Guys Theater. Uh, ben Simmons seems very appreciative to be a Brooklynette. I would imagine he is. His mental health was at stake. Now, I'm mm. not even joking. His mental health is at stake by being in Philadelphia. Now, if I'm a 76ers fan, you know, I guess I don't – if I'm a Sixers fan, I don't fully understand why people are like, this is a bad trade for Philly because ultimately they were getting a player who's going to play basketball potentially. Even though – have you heard that James Harden – so he's going to sit out all of – until All-Star break, until after All-Star break because of his hamstring issue. Okay. Do you think – conspiracy theory. Sure. <laughs> is that just simply James Harden being a Daryl Morey like, hey, Daryl. Optics. This isn't Glue Guys Theater, but yeah. like – I tanked the final few weeks of my time with the Nets. Yeah. We have to act like my injury is actually big. Because I'll say this. If he has an actual hamstring injury, if this is a reoccurrence of the most devastating hamstring in the history of hamstrings, mm. then <laughs> the Nets fleeced uh, Daryl Morey in the 76ers, gave him some damaged goods. True. Um, uh, but I, well, I'm sure it's optics. We we know he's not above playing optics, Mike, from the, from the various reports uh, – from around the deadline, no, it, it 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 didn't it didn't that help you emotionally understand this trade? 
Like it made me feel better about James Harden being sent away from the Brooklyn Nets because he's so Harden's a master of optics. Yeah. He he fully took a dump all over the Nets as it's he was really leaving the building. It's interesting to think like in hindsight too, like when when was the exact moment cuz I feel like the switch flipped. Like all of a sudden we started just hearing the reports and, and that was it. I'm just trying to think about like what was the moment when it when it Are all you went playing wrong. coy? Why? Is it when Kyrie returned from basketball? Everyone seems to point to the Kyrie Irving coming back to play is actually the time when Harden started to Car- yeah. That and Katie's injury are the two. I wasn't playing quite. It moments. seems like I was. I'm just being I was <laughs> just sort of being clueless. But it does. I mean, yeah. There's a it seems like a strong correlation, Mike. I don't know. See, and there's the report from Joe Varden that uh, when Kyrie was burning sage for before one game that. Harden looked at him with three heads, but he had done the sage burning beforehand. Like he had, surely James Harden is aware of the sage burning memes as part of his, as part of the Kyrie deal. His well, brand. here's here's kind of my actual theory about James Harden, and this goes in, in part of why he didn't have the the vision forward that hey, Kevin Durant's going to be playing basketball in a few weeks for this team. You should just like maybe you shouldn't freak out and want to leave for Philly. Mm-hmm. Is I think he's actually kind of a like um like a, a, a racehorse with blinders on, mm. right? So the, the the data point I go back to is when we were going to the bubble, do you remember what mask James Harden was wearing while he was flying into the bubble? It remember. was a Blue Lives Matter. Oh, right, right, yeah. Like, it, it was, it was. if anyone <laughs> remembers, yeah. it was like basically <laughs> like a black and gray American flag mask that it did look like something from Call of Duty, but it really meant something like Blue Lives Matter and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and you know, at that time, this was right around George Floyd, and it was there was a lot of emotion during that time. And, or was it George Floyd or Jacob Blake? or it, it, But so obviously there's a lot of emotion. That's also why Kyrie was like, hey, everyone, we shouldn't play basketball right now, right? There's mm-hmm. a lot of emotion during that time. Um I just think, and James Harden was like, oh, I didn't know this was this mask. I didn't know it. I thought it looked cool. That was what he literally, he was like, I thought it looked cool. I kind of think Harden has just a very, he has a tunnel vision. Yeah. It goes basketball court, strip club. A little food. A little food. A little food. I, you know, I, I get food court, basketball court, food court, strip court. Are you familiar with the Ayurvedic doshas, Mike? Are you? What's that? That we've talked about the doshas. I took a dosha test, the Ayurvedic. And you know, I have a, um, remind me, I have a persistent cough, you know, or like a, basically my entire life. Oh, you do? I have, I have a, (laughs) for someone who's edited your audio for eight years. I'm a person who clears his throat a lot more often than a podcast editor would like. And as part of my Ayurvedic doshic test, like one of the, I got this thing, it was called Kapha, Kapha bot. It felt very accurate for me. I was like, wow, this is the most accurate I've ever had anything tell me about my, and it was like, you probably have a lot of mucus. You probably clear your throat a lot. And I was like, wow, I feel incredibly seen. Um, and, and is there a Kapha community? One Kapha to another. Like- I'm saying James Harden feels very Kapha to me. And I could relate to, <laughs> I'm telling you he's a cough. I, did, I mean, with, based, with very similar body types, very similar. Uh, and the blinder <laughs> element is, you know, after midnight, you can catch me with blinders on, sneaking around in the snack, in the snack cabinet, real heavy. You know, that's that's where coffees that go. Part of the, that's, yeah. that's a coffee thing. It's big coffee energy <laughs> is to be late at night starving because you and you want to fall asleep. And the fastest way to fall How asleep. How do you spell coffee? Uh, K-A-P-H-A. Kapha. K, like it's a PH for the F, you know, one of those, oh, yeah. I, you know, one of those. Types. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. So it, we'll, we'll it's get, a, 
combination of water and earth elements. The abo- don't don't get this- hung up on that part of it. Just go, that- right the body, go right to the body. Go right to the body. This Captain Planet. What the <laughs> yeah, hell? It's a little Captain Planet. It's a little Sweet Captain though. Planet. Hey, yeah. No, I'm not gonna lie. I, I just love anything that tells me like narcissist- narcissistically about myself. I'm pretty. I can get. You can catch me reading uh, an astrology chart real quick. Oh, you know? I love this. So this is about the three bodily yes. humors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vada, which is space and air. Pitta, Dennis Pitta, tight end for the Ravens, shout out. Mita Kimes, fire and water, and Kapha, water and earth. Yeah. So these are the different types of energy and different Ka- types of Kaphas, bodies. Kaphas are like slow and oily. That's sort of the big, <laughs> that's sort of the big uh, takeaway. He- here, yeah. Here's the, this is from the Soma Therum Health Resort. It's a prestigious, uh, a prestigious resort. You've studied, you've lectured <laughs> I've, there. <laughs> I've given them thousands of dollars. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I don't know these people. This, yeah. this is a heavy, robust physical mm-hmm. build, well-proportioned, puts on weight quickly, often overweight, smooth skin. Well, this is, this is I'm a cop. I may be a cop. I got you great skin. Actually, you do. You, you have a good skin. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. A few wrinkles, strong hair. Love a strong hair, deep, pleasant voice. Look at this. I love this. What is I'm this bullshit? You. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. It's like you're fat, and then they're like, yeah. but you have but. great hair. You're, you have a good yeah. voice. Yeah. Trade off. Yeah. Um, I've met some fat people who ha- don't have hair, too. But I love this. I'm going to dive yeah. deeper into yeah, please the kapha. Sorry, I didn't want to get this us too the... hung up. But this no. is—I was just saying the blinders. Late night eating is is a uh, it's a kapha specialty, which I can relate to. No, I just I just, to to link it back to the nets. I just think it. I think his blinders on, and he's like, "What's my situation? How am I feeling?" My wife is a a life coach, and these lessons that she took. Is that true? Yeah. Well, I didn't even know that. Yeah, she's she just became it very very recently. Oh, you're what? I thought you were talking about James Harden's wife. I was oh, like, first no. of all, I didn't think he was married. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what if he was just like a pleasant <laughs> homemaker? At she's just she's, waiting for him to sorry, come. Home I'm just every trying night. to follow along here. Keep going. <laughs> she's like, who's the wife in Goodfellas? Who's Ray Liotta's? Who's the character? What's her name? Karen. Karen. Yeah. Karen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I was in my head. I was like, how does Ray Liotta yell at her? <laughs> James Harden's wife is you're just waiting normal. for him for Harden to come home. <laughs> And then he comes home bleary eyed yeah. and he starts laughing at her as he's, she's throwing stuff at him. Um, <laughs> to link this back to the Nets, yeah. Harden, what's my situation? His situation while he was with the Nets at the end here was ugly. I mean, the team has lost 11 in a row. Is it? It's pretty at, ugly. At least 10. Oh, God. I think it, yeah, it was 10. I from, think it's 11. Is it? I Miami saw game someone write 11. Game. Yeah, all right. Um, but it may be 10. Um, the. So now he goes to Philly thinking this is going to be an amazing situation. I just want to warn Philly fans, and I'll talk to Rich Hoffman about this. Uh, Not that he's a Philly fan, but it's going to, like, he's going to try to take the franchise away from Joel Embiid, and Joel Embiid's not going to love it. Like, we're all assuming that Joel Embiid's so desperate to win that he's willing to hand over ball control, hand over, like, bits of dominating the franchise like he has. Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons didn't fit together because they couldn't they couldn't coexist on the floor. Harden's a drastically different player than Ben Simmons, but I really think like I think they're gonna like last maybe a season and a half, mm. and then Daryl Morey's gonna have to decide: Do I trade James Harden on this awful contract, or do I have to trade Joel Embiid? And Joel Embiid will like go with the, go to the Knicks, and then he'll probably tear his like 
his ankle like a thousand times. And, you know, that's Dark. just how it works for the next yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is the perfect time, Brian. Oh. To bring out one of our okay, favorite segments get into character here. Uh, here that we've just started. So Brian and I, Brian was a visual performing arts major at true. Syracuse. I was a broadcast digital journalism major. With our powers combined, we have Glue Guys Theater. <laughs> As always, Brian will play the role of the bearded, the villainous mm. Daryl Morey. And I will play the bright-eyed optimist, the, the big New Zealander, Sean Marks. This scene is the final scene in their relationship before the trade deadline. This is the moment that was partially written out in Ramona Shelburne's ESPN story where Daryl Morey refused to have Sean Marks get off the phone. Daryl Morey demanded that they finish the trade between James Harden and Ben Simmons. This now is Glue Guys Theater. Interior. <laughs> Brooklyn Nets training facility. Sunset Park, Brooklyn. It's 1.15 p.m. on trade deadline day. A phone rings. A lanky-armed New Zealander named Sean Marks picks up. Hello? Daryl, I can hear you breathing on the other end. Uh, <laughs> my bad, Sean. Uh, I was just, uh, you know, just texting an old, an old friend of mine. <laughs> You, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you're trap shot. I have you cornered. You think you've got leverage on me just because you're good at DMing reporters? Ha! I have your precious James Harden. And you've got a 6'10 pissed off Aussie who refuses to play with you. Listen to me. Listen, shh. It's over, shot. James is never coming back to you. And it's time to move on and accept your fate. I don't need this. I've got some Eastern European big men I've got to scout. I'll talk to you later. You stay on the fucking phone, Sean. We're going to finish this. We're dropping the F-bombs now, Daryl. Yeah, I'll drop some fucking F-bombs, A-bombs, any kind of alphabetically linked armaments. It's time to get this <laughs> shit done, Sean. <laughs> Sean, remember the bubble. 
all the good conversations we had together. You remember those days, Sean? <laughs> I'd like to get back to that time. Me too, Daryl. But those days are dead. We're dead, us, you, and I. But I'm tired of the hamstrung heart and ruining my team. Let's make a deal. Yeah. <laughs> I added that. That's his big summer. Wait, what was Emperor Palpatine? Yeah. The, uh... <laughs> what did he say? Um, I don't know. What's oh, the line? He, oh, Emperor Palpatine. Oh, I'll just look it up. Uh, but that is the end of Glue Guys Theater. Wow. wow. Um, I really tried to you, like channel the incel energy that I, you know, that I, I think. loved your, your sweaty, it was yeah. a very Tony Soprano meets <laughs> yeah. Hans Gruber. Yeah. I, you know, the, he's legendarily, um, you know, like in that, in apparently Maury is a legendary, uh, swearer and sweater in, in the, in the war room, um, person with a recording or uh, reporting. Um, how do you feel about that? That that was like okay. So how does that get in the story? Daryl Morey's telling Ramona Shelburne, and she's he's like, I mean, I told Sean, I said, don't you get off the fucking phone, yeah. and he yeah. said back to me, oh, we're dropping f bombs now. Like, what a lameo, what a lameo, Daryl. How does it get back to them? Is that Sean telling? Who's who's somebody has got to? I mean, you know who is it? it it's Daryl Morey talking so? to Ramona. It, like it has to be people. Like the only way you have direct quotes is if well, of course, the people on the phone call like you know heard it. Maybe it's Rich Paul was on the line, so and just listening in, and then to these um, direct quotes. How do you feel? So, if for the YouTube audience, Brian has the photo of James Harden coming off the private jet, hugging Daryl, <laughs> hugging Daryl Morey on the tarmac. I just hate to, but if if Daryl Morey called up Ramona, or if there was. The quote, and he's like, and guess what? I dropped the f bomb on this call. Like, you get that? Put this in there, Ramona. <laughs> You're gonna, like, yeah. <laughs> how badass is that? Like, all right, all right, Daryl, we did it. Yeah, I um, have, have Daryl Morey as the background. He's hugging Harden, and look at how at peace he looks. My God, look at that, dude. I, I think this is the beginning of the end of the 76ers. Now, I was listening to Basket Buds on the Athletic NBA show, yeah. and Zach Harper was talking about this, and I do agree with this. When we were saying like a championship window, there's an obsession of thinking a championship window has to be like five, six seasons, right? Like it has to be this sort of dyn- dynastic run that is possible. Mm. When really, it's really hard to have a Chicago Bulls-like existence. I mean, it's pretty much impossible, in the cur- particularly in the current day NBA, but even then. Mm-hmm. And so for Philly, I under- of course I understand why they did the trade. Ben Simmons wasn't going to play for them, and James Harden will play basketball for them, and he's happy to take their money. He's already opted into his deal. He's going to get the full max that's going to pay him $60 million by the time he's 37 years old. Mm. I'm To be honest, if I had to rank the, my relief meter on my relief meter, the things that provide me the most relief – it is that the Nets are not – that's like number two, that he's – that the Nets do not have to pay that much money to James Harden because this isn't – like he's not going to age gracefully. Now, you talked about this, about sitting on the fence and waiting mm. and seeing. Harden's going to look great when he first starts playing with the team if yeah. his hamstring allows him to. Right. His his hand strain mm-hmm. and hamstring, if they both allow him to look good. But like remember how energetic he was when he came to the Nets the first time? Or, you know, came to the Nets initially. He looked good. He looked really good at the beginning. He was sacrificing. Optics. Moving the ball. Just a real strategist. You know, PR <laughs> man. Through and through. Um, And 
and I think he's going to look like that, like yeah. this half season. But next season, it's gonna it's gonna get ugly and mucky and disgusting, and I'm gonna be loving it. And it, yeah. and if anything, this is good for the draw. Let's talk about Glue Guys Theater. Mm. The Nets kind of needed a villain, or at least a counterpoint, because the Bucks didn't really feel how many oh like villain, it fully. I, I was gonna yeah. say how many villains do we have on one team already? But I was about other villains. Yeah, not, the, not, the Nets not, don't. Yeah, the Nets we have don't domestic need a roster. <laughs> yeah, <more. we> <laughs> The villains abroad. <laughs> yes. Don't you think that like there's some point of like the the Bucks weren't really scaring them. Like Miami was not that they didn't scare them, but the the Bucks just sort of feel like their own separate entity at this point. They won yeah. their championship. It's kind of hard to hate Giannis, even though he crippled Harry Irving. I fully hate him. I don't care. <laughs> that's, that's easy for me. Um and and you know Miami still there's no real rivalry there. The Knicks are terrible, so there's no rivalry there. Boston sure, but. It's a different Boston team than the one that fleeced, you know, it's a totally different regime. Different places in life. Yeah. But but Philly and the Nets, I mean, is a chance to be some of the best playoff if they play in the playoffs. Oh my lord. And if and if Kyrie's not playing home games while that's happening. Great segue, Brian. Yeah. Great segue. Quick update before we get to Rich Hoffman. Okay. Washington, DC, the city I live right outside. Washington, DC, one of the most liberal places in America. Uh, has dropped their vaccine mandate Okay. Uh, for inside places like gyms and restaurants and blah, 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 blah. Uh, that is a significant step. Now, Washington, D.C., Maryland are two of the uh, best states right now in terms of vaccination and COVID. Maryland, I think, is number one in terms of uh, cases per 100,000 people uh, across the country or in terms of least percentage dropping and all that stuff. Uh, so it's the, this is the area where it's going to kind of happen first. But we've already seen changes in Boston, Connecticut, New Jersey, New York overall as a state, though not New York City. Now Washington, D.C., another northeastern, you know, metropolitan area. I haven't checked on what Philly's got going on, but now that James Harden's there, you know that they're not going to have a vaccine mandate, right? Mm. Um, Again, we don't have information. Mm. We're waiting on Eric Adams, the the great mayor that he is. You're working the uh, you're working the DMs, Mike. I see you out there. You're you're scooping. I've been I was texting some Albany insiders. My Albany insiders this weekend. Heavily. Um they're very confused why I'm asking them about vaccine mandates in uh you're New York like, City. But shut up, I'll ask the questions. Yeah. yeah. This is this is me. I need this information. Yeah. And I will name you. I will dox you. I'll tell people what you told me. Don't say um, could they listen to the show? Okay. Yeah, they do listen to the show. Yeah. I'm just kidding, I won't do that. No, they don't. <laughs> yeah. they don't. Absolutely do. Um <laughs> So I, th- it is kind of a big deal. Another major northeastern city is saying that had very strict vaccine rules. I can say that because I lived, you know, I, I lived right outside the city. Um, it's changing. Mm. So we'll see. Um, I said this on the Saturday Slam Jam on the Athletic NBA show with Andrew Schlecht and Al Baby Cakes. Mm. But I listened to that bit, Mike, that segment. You did nice. Thanks, you did a nice job. Thank you. I always listen to your bits, your hey. bits and bobs. Um, do you agree with me that the Nets, if all comes together, is the high, have the highest ceiling? Uh, I still do, but I guess my question is, would it have been a higher ceiling? Is it a higher ceiling than an activated James Harden from the beginning of the season throughout? It's a it's a it's a lame argument because it's like you know hindsight and you can't know. So for that reason, it sucks. But um, I think. I think yes. I think still, despite everything, you got to give our current roster 
the nod. I mean, it's not like it's better. I mean, yeah. I don't think Philly even like we're just, it's like, are we better than Milwaukee and so on and so forth? Like, I think Philly's marginally better. Well, yeah, I don't know. A lot better, I guess. They've made them quite a bit better. Hard to know. Well, you know what's interesting? By I'm not, I don't think they really care that they lost Andre Drummond. There's going to be enough bigs out there in the buyout market that they're going to pretty quickly scoop up a, a Drummond replacement. Yeah. There's no replacing Seth Curry. And if you looked at their lineup that they're trotting out there without James Harden, you know, they, they had – they had while James Harden delayed his reporting to Philly so that the Nets couldn't get Seth Curry and Andre Drummond on time, yeah, which is what happened um, – Philly had their full lineup except for James Harden. Without Seth Curry, they are lacking some real shooting. And also, and that's like, going to be a big problem with James Harden. This, again, this goes back into like, what what James Harden are we getting? Because James Harden's shooting has sucked this season. I mean, I don't know if, what his percentages are. It just seems like it sucked. Um, it feels sucky. So, <laughs> but like, it, again, he could just come back and be like, now I'm back to shooting insane step back threes over and over again like I used to. Um, it wouldn't surprise me either way. Yeah, I mean, here's so their primary role players outside Embiid and Harden are Danny Green, who obviously still a solid three point shooter, but like that's basically all he can do at this point. Maxi, who is a decent three point shooter, basically forty percent from the field. Maxi's really good. Everyone wanted him. He's not with his deal. Tobias Harris, who's average at best, and Tobias Harris is like no one gives a crap about. No one even brings up Tobias Harris. But let's not at talk about Thibel, oh, yeah. terrible shooter. Shake Milton. Not that good this year. Korkmaz, actually really bad this year from three. George Niang, George's Niang or George Niang, very good from three. But they don't have that, like, the the killer that Seth Curry was. Like, the guy who, flying around screens, obviously him and Embiid had. Like, so that's what's interesting to me is, of course, essentially what they did was they traded Drummond and Seth Curry for Harden. Of course you do that, right? Because Ben Simmons wasn't going to play basketball. But it weakens them on some level, and everyone talks about this. Ben Simmons, like, if he is who he should be, which we're going to find out from Rich Hoffman, um, like, he fits perfectly what the Nets need. He And Seth Curry being there, and we have no update on Joe Harris, but if Joe Harris returns, then, you know, the best benefit to Seth Curry is that it, it allows Patty Mills to sort of go back to that, hey, I'm a bench player, who's going to fire threes, and if I'm hot, I'm going to play with the starters. But I think the pressure was too much on Patty Mills to be, like, the second-best scorer on this team for for most of this past season as Kevin Durant's been out. Yeah. When, like, the best role for him is is the guy that teams forget about, and then he hits threes. What's the That's newest latest with Joe Harris? Like, as part of, like, thinking about the utility of Seth Curry, it's really it feels like there's a codependency there. But like, is he still being reevaluated? How many evaluations are we doing here? I mean, I've I think someone tweeted out at, before the Miami game that um, they have not decided yet. The Nets haven't decided yet, or Joe Harris hasn't decided that he needs a second surgery. Mm-hmm. Joe Harris said in Utah, so this was like before the trade deadline or whatever, right? That in my mind, I'm confident I'll be able to get back. I've been optimistic through this whole thing. I haven't really lost faith in the fact that I'm going to be able to come back and play, and that's the same spot I am in right now. I'm not just going to completely give in to what's going on. My focus is specific to the treatment. I just have to stay consistent, be a little bit more patient, have a little bit more time. Then whatever happens, happens. It's kind of crazy to me that his ankle could be that bad after how, after what they were trying to figure out 
like what it, his initial diagnosis was and what we talked uh, with before on the show to now, like how could it really be that horrible? Now, let me ask you this. So they have Seth the Curry and Patty Mills. How big of a deal, though, is it if Joe Harris doesn't come back? I mean, it's it feels like pretty good insurance, but um, yeah, I'm just thinking like roster construction, how fun it would be to just have that amount of shooting uh, on this team, especially in a world in which, again, Kyrie Irving isn't playing playoff games at home. Um, not that it matters a ton. I mean, it's great insurance. Um, but yeah, so I would say like, would love to see it. Obviously this helps out quite a bit to, to mitigate the, uh, the issue there. Yeah. To me, it's like, so we always focus on like the star rotation. Hey, can the Nets have, if Ben Simmons, Kyrie and Kevin Durant are all playing and all full time, which we don't know if that will ever happen. You can have the rotation of Katie and Simmons, K- Katie and Kyrie, Kyrie and Ben Simmons, right? You can always have two of the three on the floor. I mean, the same could be said with role players that if you have Joe Harris, then you always have Seth Curry and Joe Harris. Joe Harris and Patty Mills. Patty Mills and Seth Curry, right? Like you can always then have two elite, 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 elite shooters on the floor with two superstars. And then at that point, you're just throwing in Marcus Aldridge, Nick, Nick Claxton, James Johnson, depending on his health right now. So like we always, again, we focus on the stars. Well, the shooter rotation would be optimal. And... Seth Curry saves them from ever having lineups where it's the Bruce Brown. Obviously, Bembry got cut. Um, oh, yeah, we never really talked about that. Do we do, we do it for now? Talk, I mean, so the, I guess, well, the decision was the Nets cut Bembry over Javon Carter and who else could have been up for the chopping block Bruce on Brown? that situation? Bruce Brown. How, did you think that was the good? Bembry is the cheapest of them, but they had to pay out those guys anyways. Like, Benbury's getting paid out in full. So it's not like it doesn't save them money to necessarily cut him. Yeah. Why, I would say contracts aside, like Benbury was my favorite of those three. Uh, I think <laughs> yeah. for, for everybody in, in Nets fandom, that was probably true. So I'm, I, there's a level on some level. I like that. There's some fealty to the Bruce Brown experience that we want to sort of see this through a little bit, if that's <laughs> any of the logic behind doing it. Um, but in terms of like the short term, hard to argue that Benbury didn't deserve that sp- but um, over those two other guys, Javon, yeah. Javon Carter is really just the beneficiary of the fact that we're just like in a weird spot with our point guards and we're like kind of just need to have a third stringer on the on the roster right now. Like I just yeah, other than the reason like it's just positional and really require one, he's doesn't have a ton of utility. Remind me to bring up Goran Dragic in a minute, okay. but I think the reason why Javon Carter is still on the team. His deal runs into next season. He's getting paid about $4 million. So if you cut him, you're not only cutting him for this season, you're cutting him for next season as well. And even though no one on no one in the world wants Javon Carter to be a net anymore, $4 million salary is like kind of valuable to have in future trades this offseason. Like that's an easy guy to throw into any deal to increase, you know, let's say you trade Joe Harris and Javon Carter. So that goes from you're getting a guy with equal salary of $18.5 million to now a guy who's like $22, $23 million a year. There's a difference between that salary and the Javon Carter plus Joe Harris salary, right? So that's I think that's why he's here. Bruce Brown, yeah, I think they just decided, okay, Bruce Brown, Bembry, who do we like more? At this point, I like Bembry more, but, you know, I agree with you, it's – you know, Bruce Brown is Bruce Brown. Like, there's still something there. There's still value to be had. He actually had a good game in Miami. Um, Goran Dragic, real quick, before we get to 
interview with Rich Hoffman. Um, Rich isn't going to be here at the time, I told you, so we have a little bit more time. Um, the the report out from Woj, Goran Dragic ha- has either been bought out or is going to be bought out, and basically every top contender in the NBA wants Dragic. Um, <laughs> the... The funny thing is, Woj, for some reason, emphasized that the Bucks are really, really hard going to go after Goran Dragic. And because, I don't know, they had some injury or something. And Seth Partnow of The Athletic joked that, well, who like they can go after him hard. Every team is just going to offer him a minimum contract because that's all they can really offer him. Only under the cap teams can offer him more than the minimum. The Nets are obviously over the cap. Steve Nash did play with Goran Dragic in um, in Phoenix. Maybe that helps us. You could say to Goran, the sales pitch could be, when you're playing at home, you will be the starting point guard of the Brooklyn Nets because <laughs> Kyrie Irving won't be. Yeah. And th- those are the things that matter. Like, okay, why do buyout guys go where they go? Mm-hmm. They usually go because of playing time. Like, the Nets got LaMarcus Aldridge because they guaranteed him playing time and a spot of in the rotation the nets can guarantee like how many minutes do you think goran Dragic would soak up like the, I, I think he would play like 20 perfect. minutes a game because if he's if, i mean home games he's playing 36 at least and he's still valuable i know he's 35 years old he only played five games this year so don't even look at his stats from this season last year he's 13 points four assists three rebounds shooting like 43 37 yeah, um, he's entering that perfect eight, phase of life where he's he's got starter chops and a backup body. You know, it's just, just <laughs> aged aged out of the starter role. And and he's like also known as a great locker room guy, a real like emotional leader. Um, he's six three. He's not like obviously he's not like big, but he's he's not this you know diminutive point guard. Who, if he's out there with Patty Mills, it would be like an embarrassing front or embarrassing, you know, guard rotation. Like if he's playing starter, you know, he's he's been a valuable player before in his career. He's not that far distance from that. He hasn't played for Toronto at all. It would be an amazing pickup, but there is going to be a lot of competition for him. Um, and if the starting role matters, yeah, you say it to him, dude, you're gonna start. You're gonna start in Brooklyn with Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant. All right. Uh, any last thoughts before before you get your cough cough a body out of here? Oh, um, boo, 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 boo. no, I got nothing. Check us out on Twitter at BKGooGuys. Guys. Coming up, 